podcast. I'm joined today by Jim Richards and Manisha Churn of our family team. And we're going to talk today about um, the divorce potential that can arise from difficult situations around the festive period. Hello, guys. How are we? Good, thanks. Yourself? Good. All right. All right. Thank you very much. Very good. How are you, Jim? I'm, I'm feeling fine. Good. Good. So we're going to put this into a scenario, and the scenario is that around Christmas, the family get together, it hasn't been the best of relationships for some time, and it all comes to a bit of a head over Christmas. It's got to the point where it's past the point of no return, and having taken stock of what happened over Christmas, the decisions reached that there should be a divorce in the new year. Background is that the family have children, they have assets, they have property, and Manisha, Jim, you get a phone call <coughs> from one of the parties in the first week of uh, January, and I just want to talk about you about where you go from there, where does, it, where does it all start? Well, I suppose given your scenario, we need to break this down, so obviously we're looking at a potential divorce scenario, so we need to explore that with the client. Then we'd have to move on to looking at how to settle the finances and last but not least at all, the arrangements for the children. So I think we can take each one in turn, start with the divorce. Mm -hmm. So if um, you were coming at this from your perspective, Chris, what sort of questions would you have? Well, I think the first thing would be, if we are starting with the divorce, what, what actually... I mean, break divorce down. What exactly does that contain? First of all, what do you need from me and what information? I mean, the thing is, I mean, I think we should say um, that there's no requirement to file a divorce petition simply because you've come to the, the conclusion that you, your marriage is over and that you actually want to physically separate. It doesn't, there's no kind of like limitation period um, in which you have to file or, or that's it. Um, and often what people are concerned with is not necessarily the the legal status of their marriage, but um, you know the practicalities. Where will I live? How how much will I have to pay in child maintenance? You know what's the norm in terms of seeing my children? And I think what we use the word divorce as almost an umbrella term to cover all of those those issues. But I think many clients in um, January and February are saying to themselves, "Never again," and they want some clarity. And certainly, we can provide them with a a, a framework. Um, a methodology as well in order to resolve their problems, whether it be through mediation or using us or just simply <clears throat> making a, a plan that uh, physically separates um, the, the family and then uh, you know, they can reflect on where that goes in the, in the years and months to come. There's no, there's no need, but what I, want, I think it's important to make clear is that you don't have to rush into this, that you can take your time, uh, you can take advice, you can think about what you want, you can talk to your spouse, um, and you can tailor-make your arrangements to suit what you want to do. Okay, so <clears throat> so it does make more sense to consult early. I mean, even if this is, it's a consideration. You can't, you can't see it being fixed. And although it may do, it would be entirely realistic that I could come to you guys just to consider the options, almost like a strategy. I, a lot of people do that. I mean, I think we've both had clients yeah. who, you know, even while they're in marriages, are evaluating how, um, you know, the future may play out. And 
they want some some sense of what will happen if and we can never say definitively but we can give clients an idea about what it would probably be yeah i think most of them say where do i stand yeah exactly. that's the common phrase we get <coughs> yeah, where do yeah. i stand with this if this were to happen if we do go down the divorce route where do i stand okay um and that's what we then have to navigate and break down for them okay and when you say it's breaking it down by way of essentially what what the relationship consists of <clears throat> so on the property side children it, yeah. it's considering all of those factors because yeah. the question how do i stand <clears throat> well the, look, I that's got to be relevant well, it, it, to i think it's it's subject that, that to the situation genuine, you know question that people say now i think it, it it shows the lack of perhaps um understanding for the situation they're in i think it's just a it's another way of saying it would be help I haven't got a clue. Uh, yeah. I need to understand what I might face and how it may play out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think when people use those phrases, essentially it is a cry for help, um, you know, based on uh, ignorance. Yeah, I think that's relevant here because we are talking about a relationship breakdown over the festive period and we're into the new year, so they are a little bit sort of help. Something's happened. Mm. Yeah. It's meant to be a really joyful time in the life of a family but it's all gone wrong um we're all really upset we really need a helping hand a shoulder to cry on but also you know some sturdy legal advice because that's what we're here for at the end of the day but as family lawyers we do have several hats would you agree jim in terms of yeah um yeah we wear many hats all at the same time um and i mean i think it's difficult for most people a lot of people um, Christmas is a difficult and it is often the final straw that catapults them into our offices um, you know dismal drunk and disappointing Christmas and New Year um, and um, we're able to give people an overview about you know what they're likely to achieve um, quite easily frankly um, and they don't need to then um, instruct us and just speaking to a divorce lawyer isn't the same as going to war and using them and ending up at a final hearing, but it, it may make the difference between, you know, enabling you to, um, I don't know, plan and at least ask the right questions in terms of others. Um, and no, uh, I mean, most people I speak to at the initial meeting, so I don't think they probably absorb a lot of what we say um, because, you know, if it's quite close to when the the marriage has come to an end, their heads are, are not really Somewhere else. open to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it should be considered, it, this is, it can quite possibly be <clears throat> preventive steps. It's not, this has all gone horribly wrong and I need to defend myself. It can be very can much be. a, I'm, I mean, I'm trying depends. to resolve this, but... Well, well, I think we have to be clear here about what we are and what we're not. What we are are lawyers who advise on the... Um, the obligations and rights arising um, when a relationship comes to an end, whether that's a married or an unmarried couple. Um, what we are in the business of is being marriage counsellors. So, you know, in terms of the the decision to remain married or, or to separate, that's essentially an emotional decision. Uh, it's not one that we can make. Yeah, I um, mm-hmm. and I, and I think you know a prerequisite really for working with a client is. For them to have reached the conclusion, one you know that the marriage has come to an end, 
or that they want to separate if they're unmarried. Um, we can't push them over the edge. Um, you know, we just so it's, deci it's decision made. Now I need to start talking to professionals as yeah. to yeah. what what a divorce consists of. I mean, well, I think it's what the, it, the way I put it more broadly. I'd say the effect of your relationship ending and how that impacts on on your life. Where are you going to live? When are you going to see your children? What financial obligations will change for you? Uh, it's giving people a sense about that whole um, package of things and, and pointing them in the right direction because we can help with some things, but for example, I mean, if you see a client who is clearly struggling with the emotional effects of um, the breakdown in their relationship, well, you know, we may want to refer them to some form of therapy and uh, to get them fit for the task because, you know, it can be very stressful and demanding resolving these um, these claims in this situation. Or it can be very easy and we just don't know. Um, it may be that mediation is appropriate. Um, it may not be that mediation is appropriate. And, and just to clarify, what is mediation? How does that come into effect? Um, well, I think Manish is very, very well versed with, um, with um, with mediation, she's a resolution member, and so okay. She, well, she over to Manisha to ask, what, what is Thanks, mediation? Um, so it's an independent process, which is something that the lawyers are not generally part of. So when you refer a client to mediation, you are sending them off to a trained professional. More often than not, are or have been family lawyers. Um, and their role is to guide the parties into constructive discussions. So the, the mediator is unbiased, impartial. So they're not there to take the side of either party or give advice, which mm -hmm. is crucial. Yeah. Um, they're not a referee, are they? No, they're not a referee, but their role is very much to get the parties talking um, and move the discussions forward in a constructive way and hopefully to try and resolve the issues or at least narrow them um, and there are many instances where mediation works and the couple have come to a settlement on, on everything and then that settlement has to obviously get recorded into legal documents which is then where we come back into the picture in the background, we may have been giving advice after each session to our respective clients, but we are not physically present at mediation. We are not part of it. It's a you know completely separate process, but it can run concurrently to the advice mm, we're giving yeah. to a client. And even if there are court proceedings going on, mediation can be taking place okay. concurrently. So it can run in parallel? Yeah, it can do, okay. at any stage. Okay. And of course, you'd be able to advise as to whether that was a realistic route to take yeah, subjects or clients require. Yeah, I mean we rarely discourage mediation. I mean <clears> there are instances where there's been extreme domestic violence where clearly the victim will just not want to sit in a room. Mm. I wouldn't think it needs to be extreme. I think any situation in which the dynamic between the parties is profoundly unequal, the level of knowledge about the situation is profoundly unequal. And you know you, you often get a sense from a first meeting that that one party, shall we say, is more um, bullish um, without necessarily being um, on the abuse end of the spectrum. But you just, 
it's almost like sending a lamb to the slaughter. Yeah, but you, you don't have wrong. to have mediation where both parties are sitting in the room with the True. mediator. You can have shuttle mediation. So even if there is a victim of domestic violence, but they do want to try mediation, mm. you can have the mediator okay. moving between okay. the rooms so that the parties don't come into contact. So it's a really them. versatile yeah, method. It, yeah, it can be. I mean, mediators are evolving. They even do, I think, Skype sessions. Yeah. Because, you know, okay. you could be talking about parties, one's in England, yeah. one's in Spain or America. Okay. I think one thing, one point to make the clients have said to me, though, is <coughs> it, the mediation is actually quite difficult um, because you are doing it on your own with your spouse. Yeah. And how, whatever method you adopt, whether it's, you know, everyone in the same room or in different rooms, you're there on your own. Um, and, and it is very intense and very... Very difficult, clients tell me. I mean, I don't know. I've never done mediation. Um, but I think it's not something which is exclusive in the sense of it's either mediation or it's using uh, a solicitor to give you advice. It's, I think the two are complementary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. That, yeah, that's fine. We would always advise a client yeah. going through mediation as to what's been discussed, what they didn't understand. I mean, we've had clients call up during mediation sessions and say this question's come up or they want this document could you send that over so yeah they are complimentary I'd agree with that okay okay so just to summarize where we're at it, it is it, it's important to understand the difference between any form of counseling and the need for solicitors to become involved in the process so it needs to be past the point or at the point of the decision being made to divorce more often than not um. I think if you want us to, what you can't, I think it's about expectations. You can't expect a solicitor to decide on your behalf that your marriage has come to an end. Um, in advance of separating and, you know, you leaving the family home or your spouse leaving the family home, you want to speak to a lawyer to get an overview about what the situation may be in the event that you or the other person left then that's fine, but I think we need to be really clear in saying to people that we cannot make certain decisions for you, that we are advisors, we can provide you with options, um, but fundamentally you need to, to make some decisions also, um, and until you've made those decisions, then we're kind of, we're just sat waiting for you mm. to tell us what to do first. But the real positives are, if the, if, if the decision is made, the sooner they engage with a solicitor, you are in a position to set out options. Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't well, follow advance, one particular route. Even in advance, you're able to do that. Um, and I think both Nisha and I have had many clients who um, would come to see us during the, the marriage, maybe you know, a year, six months before it comes to an end, just to get a sense of what would happen if. Yeah. Yeah. And then you pick those clients up you know, a year later, maybe. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, that happens quite a yeah, lot. Yeah, it does. It's not unusual, yeah. is it? No. So, but that be, I would I would expect that client to, to essentially be informed with um, in what I advised about the the way the law works and so on, uh, based on very, probably a very general expression of the law because you wouldn't have that much information, and you wouldn't be able to really advise in detail. You could just give the general principles, the approach that a court would likely to take. Okay. Um just before we, we bring this to an end, one other question I'd like to, to ask, because I thought this is quite common, that people like to consider the option of dealing with a the divorce themselves. 
what would you say? Why why would I go to a solicitor? Why wouldn't I try and do this myself? Well, um, I think a basic answer is we've studied, we've trained for many years, so we are experts in what we do. And trying to navigate the legal field and considerations around a divorce, a financial settlement and child arrangements, whilst the content you might be able to navigate yourself and degree, the legal background is another question. I'd say we have to be clear here about breaking it down. Um, many people have and do the divorce, the divorce petition, the documentation and paperwork, which leads to a decree absolute and the marriage coming, you know, the marriage formally being dissolved. Um, you know, it, people vary in their abilities with paperwork. Some are good, some are bad. Um, the actual divorce petition is relatively straightforward. Um, and if people want to do that themselves, well, so be it. Um, and there's uh, an online facility that you can um, use, uh, and, and that's fine. But the financial settlement, the child arrangements, they can be very much more complicated. Um, if there's any financial um, assets which are in a business, or if there is valuation evidence or if pensions are valuable, then really you'll struggle to do that on your own. Um, child arrangements again, I mean the devil can be in the detail and actually the level of communication and trust may be so low that you just simply cannot agree. Um, and those are the areas in which um, legal advice, early legal advice, um, can really pay dividends I think. I mean, we, I heard on the radio, I think it was this morning or yesterday, the president of the family division saying that in, in the last eight years, the number of cases in the family courts has risen dramatically. That's coincided with legal aid being withdrawn um, and the number of people getting advice falling. So I think there is a connection between the number of solicitors advising uh, and the number of uh, cases which um, are going to court because they haven't had people intervening early on, uh, we can help, contrary to popular belief, in avoiding going to court. Um, and if you do go to court, we can curtail the proceedings by explaining why we've reached a point of compromise. Okay. Well, hopefully that's given our listeners some clarity as to, to the options. Obviously, there's a lot more information via our website, www.mackerel.com, or of course, anytime you can give us a call um, to discuss your circumstances and how we might be able to help. Thanks for listening, and we will run another session probably within a month's time, so stay tuned. Mm-hmm.